0: So credit cards are often much maligned and get a really bad rap when it comes to personal finance. And for good reason when they're not used well. But hopefully on today's show, what we're gonna do is you know pull back the veil on credit cards, the rewards programs and help you assess whether or not they're going to be beneficial for you i think in the right hands and used really wisely they can actually sort of accentuate your wealth creation plans and actually help towards your cash flow management as well so uh, tune in to the end we'll run through some hurdles some tips and what to look out for and without further ado on to today's show Everything we talk about on today's podcast is general advice only because we don't know your individual personal situation Before you act on anything we've spoken about you should chat to your financial advisor And if you don't have one feel free to reach out to us now on to today's show Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the wealth collective podcast Pete Pennycott here and i'm joined by my co-host zach masters
1: hey pete how you going
0: Feeling good, feeling fresh. Weekend is fast upon us, and I'm sure your credit card, like mine, is going to get a bit of a working over. (laughs) Um, And we did have a listener, you know, right into us. I was on one of the socials, I think.
1: Yeah, Aaron messaged me on LinkedIn. Uh, So thanks, Aaron. Shout out to Aaron for uh, messaging in.
0: Yep, Uh, and expect sort of a a cash payment for mentioning (laughs) Aaron on the podcast, so (laughs) cash for comments. Um, But in all seriousness, credit cards often get a little bit of, they're much malign and get a bit of a bad rap. Um, because they, you know, when not used correctly, they can be a little bit evil and, you know, I guess a destructive sort of mechanism within uh, anyone's sort of wealth creation plans. But I think used well and used wisely, uh, there's some big benefits to be had
1: from yeah. doing it. And there's a lot of um, information out there on kind of how to choose the right credit
0: card. So that's hopefully
1: what we're going to delve into today are the things that you should be looking at. And as always, with most of the things that we talk about, um, it's never a one size fits all approach and there's going to be different cards that are going to suit different people better as well um depending on what your spending habits are how much you travel different things like that and yeah there's a lot of different ways that you can look at it and decide on which one's going to be best for you but there's a few main things that we think that you should be looking for
0: yeah and i think from a resource perspective we'll put some links in in the show notes but like choice um really good website finder um I sort of like, I think what Australian Business Traveler has been changed to Executive Traveler, I think now. They're really good for, well, I like to sort of make the most of it when I do travel. Um, So there's a lot of good resources. Point hack is another good one. Make sure you're doing your research. So understand what your credit card's about and don't just take the first one that's offered to you. Um, But I think we might sort of, uh, you know, public service announcement, before we even start, do not pay interest on your credit card. Like if you cannot afford to clear your credit card before the interest-free period is up do not have a credit card do not use a credit card go to a visa debit card because it doesn't matter what sort of investment vehicle you're in, in to consistently get a rate of return and after 20%. tax that is as high as an, a credit card is nigh on impossible so um really really think through that so like the credit card I guess bill might seem small in terms of dollars, what the interest is paid, but the, I guess the actual after-tax rate of return you have to get is so big. So you know, if you're talking about like 20%, you're going to need a, a return of somewhere, you know, the vicinity of like nearly 40% to actually cover that. So um, that's the public service announcement. So providing we've got that out of the way and the yeah. only people left listening are the people that can afford to clear their credit card every month. Carry on, Zach. Yeah, so
1: um, when we're looking at what we should be looking for in a credit card, there's a number of different factors that we often see around. So the first ones, obviously, you'll usually see like a sign-up bonus or something like that. You know, the big ones are 100,000 dollars, hundred thousand points for...
0: If they're offering anything less than 100,000 points, move on. (coughs) Mm -hmm. There's Um, plenty of good ones for 100,000.
1: Yeah, exactly. And as we mentioned at the start, um, if you are going to be repaying off that credit card... um, as soon as those the payments come in, then it's uh, not necessarily the interest rate that you should be too worried about if you're paying it off yeah. on time.
0: Because I think those low the low-rate interest cards are really for people that are going to be carrying a, a credit limit constantly from month to month. What I'd suggest to those people is maybe perhaps cut up that credit card, maybe refinance with a personal loan, get a payment profile and pay that off whether it be over... Yeah, p- potentially the shortest period possible, but if it's seven years or if it's five years, three years, but just get a payment plan, get it out of the way and probably stop using a credit card until your cash flow improves.
1: Yeah, because you're getting potentially then 10 to 12% um, interest instead of the, the 20% that you'll find with most credit cards.
0: Absolutely. So, and if you're not going to be paying interest, the credit, like that part of the, I guess, assessment on what credit card is best is less important and it more comes down to what benefits you're looking for from the card. So um, to understand that, we really need to understand, okay, there's a ticket to play. So you're going to have to pay an annual fee for a lot of these cards. Unless you bundle them up with your mortgage or sort of investment loans, you might actually get one of these cards for free. But a lot of them, that annual fee is, that's that's sort of the benchmark you've got to understand and go, am I going to get enough in rewards, in points, in stuff that I'm going to be able to redeem for to actually cover the cost of that annual fee?
1: yeah and the choice investigation, um they did sixty three rewards credit card, and it showed that you'd need to spend at least two thousand a month to get any return um on a majority of those cards. And those that spend a thousand dollars or less would always pay more in annual fees than what they got in rewards. Um, yeah, so that's something important to note too, that if you're not going to use it, um, or you're not going to use the reward points and they just um, end up going away or whatever, then you're actually going to be just paying for something that you're not getting value for.
0: Yeah, and as a as a benchmark, your points are going to be worth somewhere in the vicinity of half a cent to about three cents or so, depending on what you spend it on. And you've got to be really smart about what you spend that on. So in terms of annual fees, these vary quite a bit. So you, know, you can have them as fee-free cards, some of them you'll be paying anywhere like for a sort of the American, American Express Platinum cards. You might be paying well in excess of $1,000 per card. Yeah. Um, and so what are the
1: normal type of benefits that you'd see associated with a card like that?
0: Uh, so, look, in terms of Platinum cards and your um, American Express, the ones that are really designed for travelers, I think the big ones you get are, you know, you'll get a concierge. So, you'll get to sort of book do your bookings through someone. That may or may not be advantageous for, for some people. They're quite happy doing it themselves. Yeah. The big one for me is sort of travel insurance. So that's an expense that I do pay. I pay for if I haven't got it covered under my credit card. So, yeah, you know, there's going to be conditions. You have to put X amount, like a certain percentage of your trip, or you have to put the actual flights on your card. But then that does that's a, that's saving you. So if you are a regular traveler and you're not having to fork out, um, like go out and actually source travel insurance and yep. it's covered and it's the cover you need. Um, that's fantastic. The other one I like is the purchase protection. So if I do buy something and pull the trigger too early and then the price drops, there's potential to actually recoup the difference and get that refunded. The other one is, which I have used, broken my phone. So something that you've purchased on your um, credit card, you have that buyer's protection as well. So you can actually sort of, um, yeah, there's some insurance benefits um, all bundled up in that. So I think they're, A few of the key uh, ones, were there other ones that you sort of use your credit card for?
1: No, so I think those are the main ones. Although it's a lot of the time, the platinum cards also have the uncapped points earning potential on them as well. That's a very
0: sore point because I've had my points capped.
1: Well, that's another big point is that it's um, also the points value can change and it's fluid, so it's not set um, at any stage. So that's something to be aware of too. Is that the value of your points can continuously change and, and move as well so that's something that people are often not aware of is that you know what however many points you have today mightn't be worth that tomorrow if they decide to change change things as
0: well yeah so I think for as a rule of thumb the questions I'd be asking or the what I'd be looking for on the website are how many points do I earn per dollar I spend and does it change if I'm a high spender because I think the people that are going to benefit most from a credit card from a points perspective are people that are spending in excess of five thousand dollars a month that's the I think that's the real sweet spot when you go into this is highly valuable to me so um, and if you're a traveler then even better because if you're part of a Qantas reward system or a ve- velocity with um, virgin that's where you get that's where your point is worth the most you know you might have to you know pay for your seat so pay for a basic seat but then you know get the upgrade on your points yeah that's going to go further than if you're redeeming it for a kettle yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's the, one of the big points of, that we probably haven't touched on yet is that um, what's a point worth? And not all points are created equal. You,
0: you've done some research on this. Do you want to run us through for the pick? Because this is the Zach, Ma, Zach Points Hack Masters has it's, got the goss for you here. So,
1: so Points Hack is um, pointshack.com.au. Shout out to the Oh, you've yeah, actually. There. Oh, is that actually a, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, that's a good website that goes through, and I'll provide a link in the show notes, but they've done a lot of extensive research. Into exactly what a point is worth on each different um, rewards program, so it's in. Um, it's interesting to look at and go, you know, if you're redeeming points for something like a toast, are they found? You know, you're potentially getting zero point six um, cents worth of value per point.
0: That's that's bad. Yeah
1: which is not ideal. Whereas if you use those exact same points for something like airline travel, at times you're getting up to 1.8 cents.
0: Yeah. I know Qantas is doing a big push for, I think what the month of March to try and get people to shake their coronavirus fears and actually they're improving their status credit. So it's important to like be kept up in the loop about what you spend it on and upgrades go further than funding the whole flight as well, which yeah. is really, really important to note. Uh, I'll be testing this out on my trip to, where am I off to? Texas. Texas, yeah. yeah. South by Southwest. Yeah, Shout out to the guys there. <laughs> Feel free to sponsor my flight, guys, if you want.
1: <laughs> um, but that's the really important thing. It's not only when you're looking at credit card points, it's not only um, how much you get per, or how much you spend, but also then when you go to redeem them, what you're redeeming it for. Um, because as as we mentioned, there's three times the difference if you're using it on flight travel, that this is just an example they showed as opposed to buying a kettle Yeah. Um, in one of their... They're kind of rewards programs there that
0: they show. Yeah, and so I think that's what the takeaway from that is annual fee is important because if your annual fee is too high relative to the points you're going to be getting, you're basically just well, you're getting points but they're actually going backwards. So yep. it's actually not worthwhile and you may as well just use a Visa debit card. So you know, check the annual fee, check the points per dollar. So how many points am I going to get per dollar, and are there any conditions, you know, tricks, traps with that? One of the ones there is. Um, Back years ago, and this is less common now, you used to get an American Express card and a Visa card when you had a uh, credit card through the bank. So yep. you'd have a Visa because you can use that everywhere. But in Australia, American Express, you generally earned more points per dollar, but there was a f- far less um, usage for that because a yeah. lot of restaurants...
1: And it still is a quite... Collect- a decent issue there's a fair few places that still don't use Amex I think it's disgusting they don't to be honest (laughs) as an Amex user as an Amex user
0: (laughs) and a points man myself I'd like to see let's let's let's, you know make it equality for all even Um, because Amex you do earn a hell of a lot more points so I think that's really important Uh, if you can get both that's great because you know places like the grocery store accept Amex with no surcharge so you can get more earning power so all those little bits add up. And the other one is like a points cap in total. So how high can you get per annum? So is there a limit on what I can earn? Because that might change your decision about who you ultimately go with. Yeah, um, And that's quite easy. You just start to you know, you know, get your budget out, work out how much is going through credit cards. You know, um, and then it's just like a cash flow management tool. So I, I like to funnel as many things as I can through there pay no interest it's good from a data sort of tracking perspective because i get to see what comes in and out uh and those points you know i redeem a lot of them for travel but there was a period of time where i wasn't traveling a lot so yeah uh, before christmas redeeming for some vouchers not as much purchasing power but at least i can put it to good use and uh, it lightens load come christmas when i go sort of uh on my spending spree for Everyone in my life, but we did. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Zach, I forgot your. Presentation.
1: <laughs> um, but you did touch on there using it as a cash flow management tool, and I know we've spoken about in other episodes. Whereas, if you're really disciplined with it, you know, keeping using it as a cash management tool, where you put everything on the credit card, you then, if say, you have an offset account, you might be keeping the, those funds sitting in your offset account, offsetting your mortgage for the month, and then you just pay off that credit card. Right at the end of the month, um, that way you've you've utilized your uh, your cash is sitting there offsetting your mortgage for a certain period of time, and then you've just paid it off. Um, paid off the credit card at that time. That can be a good um, little strategy that people sometimes use um, in a way that you can make your credit card as efficient as
0: possible. Absolutely, and I think for travelers out there, what I would also do is check for lounge access. Um, that does come in handy. It's very good if you. Yeah, on a stopover or a long haul flight, that you can sort of go somewhere, have a shower, freshen up a little bit, um, yeah, have a little bit of a, I don't know, a little snack, drink, beverage in between. <laughs> um, that has that does help. Um, but I think like the, the other thing that I'd sort of suggest for people out there to consider is you know, go to your bank and see if you can bundle it up with if you've got a home loan, if you've got your everyday banking there, or you know, if you've got other types of accounts like investment accounts. Is there benefits in you giving the bank more of your sort of your the share of wallet? Yeah. Uh, and if there is, great, because it might reduce your annual fee or actually get rid of it completely. And that means you're in the you're in the green like from day one um, because that annual fee is the hump you need to get over each year. So don't just go getting it because it, you think it's cool. Do the math. Um, so these resources will help you do that. And if you're not spending over $2,000 a month, look for a no fee or low fee card. Um, and potentially even consider a, a Visa debit card or something like that as yep. your main source. Um, and then also just get the campaign alive to make Amex accepted everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> uh,
1: the only last point that I put in there is there's a lot of online comparison tools um, when looking at this, and it's important that you um, take these with a grain of salt because a lot of the time they're getting paid via the product provider um, whenever they people sign up through that website or something like that. Um, so they might be slightly biased in what they're putting up the top or what they're showing you um, in that. So it's important to make sure you're aware of that on a lot of the comparison sites.
0: Anyone in particular would say was is very biased? No, I'm not going to
1: name names, but um, a lot of the big ones you'll see um, everywhere they have sign-up links um, constantly through it. So you've got to be kind of careful um, with those and do your own research as well.
0: Absolutely. No, that's pretty good. So I guess hopefully the takeaways are credit cards, Albeit, if you're paying interest, uh, that's it's evil. That's bad. That's a wealth-destroying, eroding uh, thing to have as part of your personal finance structure. Yep. If you have the cash flow, if you're diligent, you always pay it by the credit uh, card due date. Also, make sure cash advance fees are always tricky. So make sure like there's certain transactions that you do that would be counted as a cash advance. So review your statements every month. Make sure you're not sort of, racking out little minuscule fees that will add up over the course of the year and just make that hurdle of, am I getting value from my card even higher? Because mm. any of those extra fees are added on top of your annual fee and any interest you pay. And if you're not getting above that for what you're getting in return from a points perspective or a rewards perspective, stop it. Move yeah. on. Like It's not all about having a really cool-looking credit card in your uh, pocket anymore. It's, that's not cool. Just have more money in your <laughs> bank account. That's so it. Exactly. Just be sensible. Do your research. They are really good. Just uh, just make sure you're not paying any interest. I uh, hope you've got something out of today. Is there any other parting shots you'd like to give or no, I any think that's uh, it. We'll provide... product recommendations you'd like to no, give I'm for certain to. credit cards? <laughs> um, we'll
1: put the uh, links in the show notes too. But as always, if you've got any questions, um, email us at connectopacata.com.au or hit us up on any of our... Socials, um, and we'll try to answer them as best we can. I'm going to go give this Amex a crack. That's it. (laughs)